Check, 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 check it, check. I'm talking check, 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 check it, check. Go ahead. Check yourself, check yourself, check it, check. I got a check, check, check a one, two. I got a check, check, check. I got a check, one, two. I got a check book. Check. I got a check book to read. Welcome to another episode of Deep Shit. A new song I decided to use this time. I was listening to the music of Well Done, which you can also listen to. Well Done, that's D-U-N on the done. W-E-L-L, Well Done. Oh, snap. Um, Who is a gentleman I met, thanks to Mike Kaplan, and uh, I enjoy his music, and you can look it up as well. Type Well Done into iTunes, and you'll see what happens. Uh, So I decided to use a different song of his for the intro music today. And before that, I had a little bit of a rhythmic mic check with today's guest, Dax Jordan. I thought that would be fun, and I might do that more often. What's wrong with a little rhythmic mic check here and there to kind of please your ear holes? I don't know why I'm saying ear holes so much, Uh, but I kind of like it right now. Ear holes, ear canal, the Panama Canal. Ear, do you hear what's going on in Panama? I don't know what accent that was supposed to be. Um, yes, today's episode is by me. <laughs> I was going to say is by Dax Jordan, but it is with Dax Jordan. It's by me. It's with Dax Jordan. Dax Jordan, who is a Portland comedian uh, who I met in Portland, but has recently moved to Los Angeles and we're becoming friends. And we becoming friends. We are becoming friends. I'm already going into the Yakov Smirnov stuff. That happens in the beginning of this episode. Um, We sat down and talked about religion. We're both learned gentlemen. We read bunches of shits. And uh, so right now on this episode, we get to regurgitate some of those shits back at you. Um, Of course, most of the things I know, I only know about a quarter of them. So you're going to get half knowledge, but I'll be damned if it isn't interesting. At least it'll hopefully bring up some stuff that you're like, I haven't ever seen it that way, or what an interesting thing to think about. And uh, that's what I was hoping to do with this podcast in general. So I think we achieved it today on this podcast. We don't necessarily provide any answers. We just provide you with the materials to ask questions yourself. So you can go out there into the world looking for your own answers, some answers to questions that you've been asking like what what like you need an answer to that question i don't know what i'm talking about um anyway a couple plugs all things comedy network go to that all things um tom segura who is the co-host of your mom's house which he co-hosts with his wife christina pozitsky Mr. Tom Segura, a fantastic comedian, is uh, taping a special December 4th at Flappers Comedy Club. So this only applies to the Los Angeles-based listeners. Uh, Flappers is in Burbank. 
So if you are in L.A. or Orange County or Pasadena or anywhere in this area, you can go to that show. It's going to be fantastic. And he wants to put you on his guest list. So if you're interested in going to see Tom Segura, again, a fantastic comedian, uh, you can email him at Tom Segura. That's T-O-M-S-E-G-U-R-A at me. Dot com Tom Segura at me.com and the show's on December 4th um, that would be a good thing to do if you are interested in seeing good stand-up comedy um, also Greg Barrett the co-host of walking the room of which I recently did an episode fantastic podcast him and Dave Anthony also on the all things comedy network um, He's got a band called the reigning monarchs who are really great actually if you've ever listened to walking the room uh, all the transition Music is Reigning Monarchs, uh, and they have an Indiegogo campaign that they're going to use to uh, raise the funds to make a record. So if you are interested in doing that, uh, do that also. Indiegogo, uh, the Reigning Monarchs, it's going to be up for like 45 days, blah, 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 blah. I was also asked by Randy Ludke, I said it too fast, Randy Ludke, of the Bone Zone, um, to uh, promote a show that he had a the uh, creator of Adventure Time on uh, the Bone Zone. It's him and another guy and another guy, <laughs> and that's the Bone Zone. God, I'm so good at this. Other podcasts to listen to: Dork Forest, Many Van Men, Harland Highway, Jake. This Jake Johansson followed me on Twitter the other day. I was very excited about it because he is a fantastic comedian and uh, one of my favorites. Actually, that's that's beside the point. Anyway, guys. Uh, let's get into this conversation uh, about religion with Mr. Dax Jordan. Uh, I, 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 I've always been curious about religion. Um, I've always been more interested in religion as a cultural phenomenon rather than the actual belief systems that it does or doesn't promote. Um, just that people need religion in some sort of form or other. And it might be a spiritual uh, thing, you know, a way to channel that spiritual energy. Or uh, there are other things, I think, that substitute as religions, like um, the church of self-hatred. There's a lot of us out there. I'll raise my hand. I have tithed at the church of self-hatred. Um, not necessarily the best church, but, uh, you know, the, the services are pretty pretty simple, and uh, you can eat a lot of cookies if you want while watching episodes of Walking Dead. <laughs> oh, lordy lord. Anyway, here's Daxie McDaxertons. So let's go there. Let's make our escape from Let's go there. talked about so much stuff before I hit record, which I said, like, what is it, podcast? The, the patron uh, catchphrase of podcasting now is, wait, okay. uh, save it for the podcast. Yeah, 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 this is too interesting. We were talking about the singularity, 
Mm-hmm. We were talking about uh, how Doomsday Preppers. Oh, your Doomsday Preppers. You gotta watch. I that they I, each have a different. The thing. first time I saw the commercial for it, I was like, "That looks ridiculous. I cannot wa- wait to watch it." And there just happened to be a um, uh, a marathon on yesterday called Doomsday Preppers Bug Out. Oh man! Right, bugging out. Bugging out is the code word for your lo- your your safe location. When oh. when you bug out, that means that wherever you are. If you have to evacuate, you have a couple safe zones. Okay. When you bug out, that's like, okay, time to evacuate. We got to go. Hopefully off the grid, I would assume. All of them are – there is no grid. Uh-huh. If the doomsday happens, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the grid so. goes down, the man. The grid goes off of you. There's no more Cartesian planes. When it's just... Soviet Russia collapse, grid goes off of you. <laughs> when Soviet – grid – yeah, grid goes off. Grid goes off you. Yeah. I can't do a... – how did he happen? Yakov Smirnov. How did how did that happen? That was a golden age of uh, the the wall was coming down. Mr. Gorbachev tear down that wall, and it, America was ripe for it. You know. Wait he, a minute, Gorbachev tore down the wall. The Berlin, Berlin wall. Well, it, Gorbachev was it was in control of, of uh, East Germany. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So at that time, it was the appeal. Wow, I just to totally forgot Union. what history and politics. Uh, small chunks of my <laughs> childhood that I remember. Oh yeah, yeah, small chunks. Most important <laughs> thing that happened in the eighties. Yeah, definitely. Just something small. Um, yeah, that's right. And and Yakov Smirnov, he's around. Yeah, he's he's in uh, what's that town in Missouri or whatever? Where St. Louis? No, 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 no. The, uh, oh, that's no, right. He opened up a theater. Uh, he's it. got a theater in that uh, Jack- Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Is that it? No, Jackson Hole, like the. Yeah. Uh, there's some resort tourist, some place where Yakov Smirnov owns it. Yeah, and he's got he's got a theater young. where he still does a show. Yeah. People are like, I just can't wait to hear the reverses of things. Yeah. <laughs> in Russia, Shaw goes to you. Yeah, but you know what? Now it's about America, though. Like he, he That's true. He, he became super, the time. super patriotic, didn't he? I remember when the, uh, the stock market crashed. Yeah. He, he said, uh, my 401k became 32C. <laughs> was that on Twitter? <laughs> no, this is pre-Twitter. This was like... Um, that was like what he went on Fox and Friends or something and said that? Well, this was a, a stock market crash ago. Man, the sad thing is that I thought of that joke. I definitely was like, huh, right? <laughs> People were like, get out of here, you yak off. Yeah. Except they didn't, yeah, yeah, they didn't mean it like that, that sort of way. It's strange. Yeah. I don't even know what we're going to talk about. Uh, well, we had two potential we had topics two going topics. Last night. I'm going to seamlessly tra- transition, transition into the one that I want to speak about. Downton and, Abbey. And you'll, Downton Abbey. And you'll, I have this dumb joke where I say, I can't stand living Downton. Perhaps we should move Upton. Sinclair, as if I'm saying it to <laughs> someone named Sinclair. But yes. then I say Upton, Upton Sinclair, Sinclair. And then some people are like, ha ha, literary reference. Goo, goo, my, my reading boner. Um, a reading boner. You know what? I was just in um, Vegas for the holidays. Mm. What did you do for Thanksgiving? Were you here? I was here. I, uh, I had a little uh, orphans, a couple of Portland orphans got together. Yeah, like who? Uh well David Cope it was a Portland guy for Davey, a while. Davy Davy Cope Cope. So and uh, is, uh, we had it at his house and his lovely lady. His, his financer, right? <laughs> his financer? Fiance. Ah, okay. My friend yes, Ophira yes, Eisenberg okay. used to call her fiance her financer. Mm. Which I thought was hilarious. Nice. So so now David has a financer. He does. Or but actually she's isn't she like actually from like a wealthy background? I, all I know is her mom's a photographer. I don't know anything about. It. I don't. I, I, maybe I it's insulting to call. Maybe I'm hitting it on the nail. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'm. Maybe in Russia, nail hits you on the head. 
Um, anyway, David Cope, his fiance, yes. and, uh, fiance, and, uh, I can't even say it. Ron, his French woman. That's right. Uh, Ron Funches. The Funch, Funchy the Bunch. The Man. And um, uh, Toby Mircianu from uh, Seattle-ish area. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know him that well. Okay. We've met a couple times. Yeah, he's around. Honey, uh, Ronnie Funches of Oats, I know pretty well. Yeah, Ronnie Funches, Funches of, of Oats. The Ronnie Cope. Funches of Oats. It's, in, it's been interesting watching Cope change his style. Because he had a when he when I knew him in New York, he had a very much one linery style, but it kind of like in the vein of a Thune or a Dimitri. Yeah. And he would pl- sometimes play the harp. Did yes. you ever see him do that? Oh, yeah. A full harp. He's a harpist. What? The, he was a harp. He was harping away. Yeah. At his jokes. Yeah. But now he's gone more towards a uh, quote unquote conversational style. Uh, absurdist stories. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you could say that. OK. So you had you, were, you went over to to. Yeah, Cope, and Cope and family. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, that's uh, cool. And uh, we had a Mexican style Thanksgiving. Wow. Yeah, we stole this place. It was delicious. <laughs> well, that's cool. Oh, and I watched the room for the first time. That was our post meal. I think I saw you tweet or Facebook about yeah, watching the room. FB that, but I'd you, never, you, I've been. It's been years. I've been like, I gotta see this room thing. Yeah, I'm scared to see it. I saw a preview of it recently and was like, what? I didn't know that was what that was the room because at first it yeah. looked kind of good i was like the the trailer of it the first minute i'm like is this real and then the second minute i'm like oh this is the room this is what so even the trailer i was like it is as crazy as everybody says yeah i'm still scared to watch it's just this great confluence of of insanity nuttiness and and a good amount of money spent on a clearly horrible and the guy he, he does the shows the live shows right tommy wiseau tommy wiseau yeah and does the speech, like speaks about it, right? Right. But yeah. he takes himself very seriously. Yeah, very. And but as you could, he doesn't understand that everyone there is mocking him. I don't think he cares as long as he's getting the attention. <laughs> as long as he's getting the attention. Do you remember the um, old David Cross joke? It was about Los Angeles and the, I guess the the self the lack of self-awareness that people here can have mm-hmm. because they want to be in the business right. so bad. And he's talking about these people walking up and down Hollywood Boulevard with signs that say, like, put me in your movie, put me in your movie. And he says, but the irony is that they actually get put in those movies. He's like, it's, but it's always the same scene. Like the Midwestern boy comes to L.A. and he's looking at these crazy Los Angeles aliens <laughs> and it's them playing a version of themselves. They're playing themselves as these horrible pieces of shit <laughs> that are walking up put me in your any I will do anything and they don't see what their lives have become. Do you know that bit? I don't. But <laughs> I I've heard just it told now. you the whole bit. Yeah, I paraphrased the shit out of it. I did not do it justice. Okay, well, I'll 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 look it up on the Spotify. David would be cross with me if he knew that's what I just did to his bit. David. You you're not used to my puns. I am. <laughs> You're like I am. You're trying not to be disgusted right there. And the problem said, is, I'm usually the first punter of the group. Yeah. Whereas you, you are super fast at the puns. You've have you like, spent time I'm, with Mike Kaplan? I, well, yes. Yeah. It's um, hard. Obviously, he's he's the king. He's the pontificator. But you're the fastest punter in my current social group here in L.A. Okay. And I, but I, I'm one of the faster punters from the old Portland group. Oh, see, so, so now I'm, I'm have to, I'm getting used to reacting to other people's puns, puns. that come up before me. You, it's all part of putting yourself in the talent pool like this. Yeah, you're, you're used to a, a Portland uh, speed. Yeah. Portland and speed now, puns. now it's Los Angeles speed. Yeah. And now there's, there's all the top punters. Yeah. Like you know, <laughs> coming from 
you know, it's a uh, big fish in a little pun. Mm. Nope, that one. Uh, that one. That works for me. That one but definitely a lot of people wouldn't accept. That definitely didn't work. So you're you're yeah. from California, right? Originally, yeah. You went to college in Portland. Uh, Eugene University of Oregon. Ooh, even worse. Yeah. Oh, I love Eugene. No, I don't. I I only I've only been to Eugene like twice. It's a wonderful town. But both times I was like driving through. Once I was uh, I was seeing a woman and her sister lived there, so I went to have lunch with her sister. Yeah. And that's it's a, it's a great you know it's a it's a hippie town it's a college town it's an is it more hippier town. than it's Portland? A, it's a farm town. Yeah, yeah, it is more hippie than Portland. Eugene is more hippier than Portland. Yeah, that you, sounds insane to me. Yeah, no, Eugene and its surrounding areas is where the hippies get their farms. You know? <laughs> and uh, you know, people come there to go to school, and they realize, oh, I just like the the hippie environment, and then they stay in Eugene instead of leaving. So it'd be like you know, because it's the Berkeley of. Of the Oregon. Northwest of Oregon, do people there, call there's it other that? Berkeleys in like Washington too. There's little chunks what? too. Uh, well, near like Evergreen College. I don't even um, know what that is. Is that it's like, it's, uh, it's one of those. Portland has one called Reed College, and Evergreen College in Washington is one of those super uh, high end hippie colleges where you design your own curriculum. Uh, it's like, oh, I want to have a PhD in framing. And being a dude, yeah, I will, I will define the concept of dudism mm-hmm. and institute a religion, dude. <laughs> I got a master's in delish. <laughs> Just people are they're, they're mastering in concepts that don't even like they're not even things. Yeah, but if you can convince the administration that you could design a curriculum and and study something and come up with a thesis, if the admin, all the administration sounds to have blonde dreadlocks, yeah, so it doesn't seem like it's going to be that hard to uh, <laughs> convince them. Which is so the tassel on your graduation cap kind of gets lost. In just, yeah, oh, I can't tell which is is he graduating from eighty different schools of awesome. <laughs> um, speaking of which, now saladictoria. This is a oh the vegetarian college. God. Is that a real thing? I just made that. That's up. good. That's a good pun. Saladictoria. I'm the saladictorian. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat meat, the vegan dictorian. Some come vegan. Nope. Yep. Vegan come louder. No, that doesn't make any sense either. Um, what? What were you gonna say? Nothing. You, you was, took a breath. Yeah. That's because I was I was processing other you're doing uh, more puns, other vegan puns. Do it. Go they, ahead. They didn't come out though. Spill them. They didn't come out. Oh, they didn't come out. Yeah. Right, under well, pressure. Fine. Whatevs, Dax. I know this writers room thing. Freaking writers room. Let's talk real. Um, okay, well, you know, it's a beautiful sunny day here in Los Angeles, California. Um, this is the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Uh, this is going to go up on Monday, so there's not going to be much of a time. Unless something insane happens mm-hmm. in the last two day, in the next two days, which... Oh. Or actually, it'll be one day, because post, I post it Sunday night. So We're getting close. If the doomsday preppers are right, in between now and then, we're going to be irrelevant. Yesterday was almost a doomsday for me. I locked myself out of my apartment. Oh, walked out of here without my keys to go jogging Runyon Canyon. So I, I realized I'm all the way up top. I'm like, oh, I do not have my keys. I better go home and start to deal with this. How did you? What did you do? Well, I got home. Uh, texted the apartment manager. She wasn't going to be home for two hours. Ooh. So. So you were like in like jogging gear. Yeah. So I'm like, back to Runyon I go. So I spent another two hours going up and down. Runyon Just exercising. Canyon. Yeah. Between walking, jogging, hiking it. It's incredible how simplistic that, that, <laughs> that solution was. I would have looked at the idea of two hours and just be like, even if I just exercised, I wouldn't have thought, I can continue to exercise. It'd be like, yeah. I guess I just, I don't know. I would just exactly. wander around but aimlessly I, doubting every choice I've ever made. You know, I would have gone to retail establishments, but I was wearing sweaty 
junky clothes already from the jogging. So well, I'm then like, you just yeah, walk in and go. Only one thing I could do. Everybody, I locked myself out of my apartment. It's gonna shop. That's why I look that, like this. That's okay. Amoeba Records. Are you guys okay with this? <laughs> Amoeba would definitely be okay. Yeah, I suppose. Come on, all sorts. Are yeah. you the walking distance from Amoeba? Yeah. I'm trying to think of where you are. Yeah, it's, it's you know. I mean, it's a that's 20 a walk. Whew. Well, you could walk I there just, and back. Yeah, but I just jogged for three hours yesterday. A twenty-minute walk is not a big deal. It's fine. Do you still? So you buy the, actual vinyls? I'm saying no, no, here. no. That's old. That's uh, Kyla's parents' old collection we have hanging around. Do you have? Oh my God! You have actual uh, like a thing. Which thing? A record player. A record player. <laughs> a a phonograph. Even, couldn't even remember what the heck it was called. That's, you, don't, you don't have a phonographic memory. I, oh, gee. Now, now <laughs> you're just trying to up me on the pun. On the pun. I just see him where I see him. A phonographic memory. No, I'm a phono. <laughs> no phono. No phono. Yoko phono. <laughs> she broke up the... The, the Beatles album. Ear tolls? Nope. Yep. So, uh... Homophone. Homo- oh, let's not. Let's not. We're going to... Oh, going so to- my point is yesterday yes. I went back to Runyon Canyon. Yes. Uh, when I got back there, there was a cliffside rescue happening. Somebody had tumbled down the side of... From way up high, up uh, one of those places where it says don't go coins. right here. Well, I, I don't know. You see people chase after their dogs all the time into the bushes mm. there, and I'm like, oh, dude, you're gonna die. And they almost never do, but just somebody fell down the side. I'm wondering if that's what it was. Or wow. they, there was a lot of tourists out there yesterday, though. I, I never, I never usually see. So were there like helicopters there. and stuff? Or? There was one helicopter and like nine fire trucks. Yeah, tax dollars. Exciting. Thank you. Pretty exciting. Thanks, America. Day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> That person was giving thanks for yeah. not falling People, over a cliff. Emergency services are really busy. On thanks- I was just talking to my dad. He found out uh, that plumbers always work Thanksgiving because they get to charge like double or triple. And people call them. It's one of their busiest days of the year. Because people are clogging up their toilets. People are clogging their, their sinks. turkey shit. Their toilets. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, or they're realizing last minute there was just something about their house that they didn't want their family to have to deal with. You know, oh, you have to jiggle the handle three times and then push up at the end. They don't, you know, so they're like, oh, crap. So, like, no plumbers have a Thanksgiving because they make triple money. That's incredible. And then they just have Thanksgiving a couple days later. That's fine. And, That's amazing. And bathe in cash. People are just, they're just, they're clogging their sinks with all their dishes. Yeah. They are finding out all these, um, problems with their plumbing that they didn't want to admit to themselves <laughs> that they're finally like maybe we should solve that and then they're just it's got to be i'm assuming 80 percent. i'm going to throw out a percentage here 80 mm-hmm. percent of the call- calls are thanksgiving dinner shit related dinner shits yeah just people are eating their, their lactose intolerant text me about their coils oh yeah, post meal coils that's the kind of friends i have the world oh. At first, I was like, coils, I thought of electricity and a light bulb. Uh, but then I realized we're talking about shits, yeah. and the word coil, <laughs> when talking about shits, is, ah. Oh, yeah. Just everybody listening. You hear that? If you can hear that sound, imagine that's the sound of a coil of shit. That's incredible. The, uh-huh. the abdominal relaxation you need. <laughs> <laughs> to not break that shit. To have in the just middle. a continuous just a snake. A snake. Yeah. Ugh. That is a black mamba. And I think that's the perfect transition into our subject. Okay. Today. Mm-hmm. Uh not necessarily. Uh, well we talked about two things, one of which I think we'll save for later, because I think we're both in an upswing right now, right? Psychologically. Yeah. So hour by hour for sure. Hour by day day to day. <laughs> day to day. Day to day. Day to so day. So we're on an upswing on that. 
But I want to talk about this because I think this is fascinating. Mm -hmm. And because I feel like right now I have, um, I feel like the universe is telling me because it keeps bringing me to a bunch of atheists. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just think that's the funniest way to put it. <laughs> the, the universe wants me it's to funny be that around I didn't these react atheists. Negatively to it, I <laughs> guess we'll get into that. Yeah, because I, yeah, it's it's so easy for me to get on board with the idea of the universe is bringing me this. Do you? Do you like that? But I'm a total atheist. Well, you don't. Okay. Well, yeah. def define your atheism. Define what you believe your atheism is. Um, I don't believe that I could even be convinced that there is a conscious power that reacts to or controls uh, any human activity. Okay. No God. And I, yeah, and no God. And I, I'm, I've thought myself into a corner, I guess, where uh, any any sign of anything that would appear to be a conscious God, I would have other presumptions instead. What do you mean? Like, I, I would assume either it's a technology I don't understand or a psychosis, and I've lost control of my faculties. So because, if you were to see a sign from God, yeah. you'd be like, wow, someone's someone's got a really great app. Yeah. Or I'm Someone going is insane. totally messing with me, <laughs> or I need to see a doctor. Okay, interesting. Like, because to me, those are more likely than that there is a a conscious being conscious that being. is yeah that is pulling some strings yeah for you. because in in the person who i am I, I just i'm much more of a well what is the more likely answer occam's razor right yeah let me ask you this you you say that with there seems to be some history in your eyes hmm. when you're saying that like you're like are, am i wrong to say that you're thinking of a specific experience or a couple different ones no actually uh, okay I, I don't have any specific experiences other than a, a lifetime of trying to figure out what it is religious people are feeling are you jealous of it trying to understand i i guess a little bit envious is the right word I yeah say. yeah there you go I, that's very very rare that people because i've in the last year or two i've started differentiating between jealous, jealous and, and envious i'm obs i i yeah. not, not, not that i'm obsessed with it but i get very they're different <laughs> words for a reason. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, which we could talk about more. <laughs> jealousy, um, envy, totally different. But you're envious of people that have a religious experience. Yeah, and, and I've been feeling very similar to this. I guess, um, I guess I get hints of it when you're in, you know, what the the psychologists have started calling flow. You know, when you're in the middle of an activity where everything just is connecting. And you feel like, oh, this is important and this is something I'm doing and I'm doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing at this moment in the mm -hmm. right environment. And that, you know, when I see people having a religious experience or hear about it, I guess that's what it kind of uh, seems like. But you're likening that more to kind of Western philosophies, right, as opposed to Eastern? Because um, we're, if we're talking about God in specific, mm -hmm. that's very—I mean, obviously Christians have owned God— you know, Christians, Muslims, Jews, Judeo-Christianity, mm -hmm. um, and Islam. Uh, but that is very, that tends to be very Western. Yeah. Tends to be very over here. Whereas the more you get into, of course, Asia, India, China, Japan, Thailand, et cetera, et cetera, they believe something very different. Yeah. Well, it, it starts to break down into polytheism and, and different, you know. Or it gets closer to energies, I guess. Energies and stuff like that. So yeah. I guess when you say flow, yeah, I'm I'm 
assume I'm uh, connecting that to kind of an Eastern thing of like being present, being in the moment, feeling one's feet on the ground, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily that God is working through you, Mm -hmm. but that something is happening in which you're connected to everything. There's a connection to the planet as opposed to a being. Are you talking about that? Or are you talking about more in the Western thing? Like God's working through me, which, which a lot of Christians will say like God's working through me. That's how they would, that's how they would define flow. Right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so, so sometimes you have those feelings where, Oh yeah, God is working through me right now, or I'm being spoken through by this greater connection to, you know, reality or humanity or whatever it kind of feels like at the moment. I'm trying to remember who I was having this conversation with the other day, but it's like, I used to do, uh, Oh, you know what? It was Eliza Skinner. We went to, uh, we went to brunch. Mm-hmm. We brunched it up Ooh, like yeah. Los Angelinos. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's brunch time. You know, Eliza is relatively new to stand up. She's um, fantastic, mm-hmm. but she's been in comedy for a really long time. Like, she's been doing sketch and improv and teaching both of those for a really long time. Yeah. So, her foray into stand up, while she is new and stand up is a different muscle, she's still ahead of most people, yeah. I think. Um, but we were talking about improv, and I was talking about my improv troupe in college and how I started getting into, like, long form and Keith Johnstone and stuff like that. And um, I think improv, when it's really good, and I've been in it, mm-hmm. those are the most significant <laughs> religious experiences I've had. Yeah. Where it's just like yeah. everything is is just happening. Somehow I'm there. I'm in the moment. I'm reacting naturally. Everything is hitting. It's like, and it's almost like a trance. Mm-hmm. That's how the improv teacher Keith Johnson would say, it, where it's like something has taken you over, or it feels it's the feeling of being outside of yourself and being inside of yourself at the same time, which I guess I felt in stand up as well at times. Yeah. But when I have felt it in improv, it is this very significant. Like I have no idea what just happened. Yeah, I've I've had the same experience. I have a, a fairly limited improv experience. It took you know one good class up in Portland but um and then yeah I've just kind of dropped into you know improv jams or whatever but I've jamming it improv style as as I've talked to other Portland comics who started getting into it at the same time it's like yeah the the on stage rush and thrill and that experiencing that really good improv moment Mm -hmm. feels really good and probably better than even when stand-up is going really well but, Although I think the best stand-up moments are but, the same. Yeah, but stand-up always feels good. <laughs> okay. And improv doesn't. That's true. And stand-up, there's like patterns you could make feel like a life, and you feel like you can be, okay, mm. I am a stand-up comedian, and, and it's a commercially viable thing, and it's a... You know, an art form that people understand and want to come to. Right. So it's like it's to, to it's hard to sit in both worlds. It's like okay, those improv moments. There's really no feeling more like that. evasive, I think. Than, yeah. Than the moments, you, the yeah. great moments you can You're have. In constantly chasing that dragon. Yeah, it's it's heroin versus weed, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good. Uh, good metaphor. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I I, I feel like. Um, well, let's get back to the subject. I guess in a sort of a way. Back to the subject at hand. Perfection is perfection. I don't know why. I just went to. I went to. I don't know where I thought I was. Ha- what I was doing right there. I thought that was maybe some classic. Uh, well, I I think that song. I was trying to go to a Grandmaster Flash song, but then it became nothing but a G thing. 
<laughs> back to the subject at hand. And I was like, wait a minute. Why am I? I was Grandmaster Flash, but I was doing a Snoop verse. That doesn't matter. <laughs> you took yourself out of it. I took I would, myself I out of it. I think you should have just kept going with it. That's called flow. Yeah. It's called flow. Yeah. Um, like my aunt, well, visits once a month. Oh, this is disgusting. Um, flow. I know. Jeez. I went there, and I don't know why. Uh, I'm ashamed is what I'm trying to say. Um, so basically, it's like, I, I guess, in a way, it's like Western religion and Eastern philosophy usually are... I feel like that's those, that's usually what happens. Western religion, Eastern philosophy, but Western philosophy, Eastern philosophy, very different, of course. But well, th- here's my question: Do you believe? Do you get to that place where you're like there? There are some energies. There is maybe some sort of thing going on. Not that it's a conscious being, mm-hmm. but that it's a um, a, wor- a, a, a inner workings of different forces, right? That um, are going in different directions that sometimes match up. Like like that kind of hippie, new wave. I wouldn't say hippie yeah. and new wave, but it is very like, very Chinese and Indian, and mm. in, in, I guess Buddhism, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, uh, the way I look at it is, um, patterns of of life. You know the. Oh, sorry, that's my. Uh, oh, that's stereo. okay. All right, Turn patterns of life. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, it's like there there are so many natural patterns unfolding kind of beneath us as mm-hmm. the, the foundations of life you know from the atomic to the cellular level that inform the way life proceeds and especially the the complex interaction of all the different forms of life mm-hmm. so to me the most interesting thing and the things that make me feel spiritual is to just kind of sit back and appreciate the fact that we can't possibly take in and calculate and try to plan for the way the patterns of life interact and create their own patterns. So it's more like, um, and I've always been someone who kind of sits back and looks at patterns Mm -hmm. and like just, you know, tries to interpret them or, um, feel, figure out where my place is in the pattern and kind of swoop into it. Um, so to me that that is spiritual and i and i feel like you know the the native american wisdom or you know the tribal wisdom is based on an observation very similar of the to eastern of philosophy life. as well yes a lot of times exactly because it's the oldest because it's been around the longest and it's it's recognized the patterns the lunar patterns and right right you know the the, the mayan calendar the, exactly Incan, aztecs all those south american uh, cultures that yeah the spaniards destroyed yeah exactly <laughs> all these things that are based in the idea of oh things go around they come around the seasons leave and then the seasons come back again right and there's no reason to think that spring won't be coming at the end of winter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so there's a certain relief that comes with just allowing the patterns to unfold as they always have and interacting with them in your own creative way. You know, as each culture, each tribe has its own ways of... It is written. Yes. <laughs> things things will happen as they always have. Hmm. Okay. Um, what's see, that? That's, that, that, that's, that's Battlestar, isn't it? What's that? Battlestar Galactica? This has happened before. It will happen again. <laughs> yeah, this has yeah. all happened before. and will happen again. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That is Battlestar Galactic-y. <laughs> Um Yeah. Well, that's that's so. In a sort of a way, you're you're more agnosticy. 
than atheist, straight up atheist. Mm, I still don't look at it that way because to me, uh, understanding that the the patterns of life, you can't understand them, but they are there and they are a natural thing. To me, it totally precludes the idea that uh, somebody could be tampering with it or that there's a higher power that, you know, Mm-hmm. If you know, if I, I call uh, when I think of people praying, I think of it as meditation. Mm-hmm. You know, there maybe someone's praying to a specific god that that god will you know interfere with life and change something. Mm-hmm. But I think that's more akin to it's meditating on what it is you want to happen, and then your own thought processes are able to focus your own personal energies on mm. getting what you want and rather than being letting what you don't want creep into your mind and having that manifest itself. So again, this sounds like the difference between stand up and improv. <laughs> <laughs> it is sort of a way. Um yeah. yeah. Well, you know, cuz I I was just about I was just thinking that you know, there was always that it seemed to be that that an era and maybe still people still do it where people will go like, "Well, I'm not really religious, but I am." spiritual mm-hmm. like to say one was spiritual was almost it was always more evasive and mysterious in yeah. sort of a way I'll, i've always avoided saying i was spiritual until lately helicopter Uh-oh. people probably can't hear it though because it's deep shit police uh-oh the deep police is there some deep shit happening down there i need you to step out step away from the microphones oh we're, we're getting we're getting on an emotional cliff yeah we might need a rescue here am i Come right on. Cliff Huxtable. Um, Emotional Cliff Huxtable. That is Huxtable Mountain, and that's Cliff Huxtable. Fiscal Cliff Huxtable. Oh, good God. Uh, fis- fiscal Cliff Huxtable. Somebody, somebody made that joke in that Fiscal Cliff. Uh, oh, did they? Uh, I don't remember who, but somebody did make it. Well, here's the thing. I grew up Southern Baptist, right? Oof. <laughs> what does that mean? Anytime I hear somebody raised religious, it makes me go oof. Well, <laughs> I've had a very interesting relationship with religion mm. which i guess i'm trying to make a separation between spirituality and religion because religion yeah. is an organized thing it's a it's a community belief system mm-hmm. that that a bunch of people uh conspire and agree to certain rules and tenets that are specific only to that religion they might be they might come out of something bigger but it's like you know, like Catholicism is different than uh, Protestantism. Is that right. a Protestantism? Is, yeah. that a, is that the word? Protestant. A Catholic is different than a Catholic is different than a Protestant. Is different than a Methodist, than a Lutheran, than a Presbyterian, mm. than a Baptist. Those are all technically the same thing, but they're very, very different. Yet they're all crazy to each other. They're all and they're all crazy to each other. Those people that sing and clap in church. Well, that's what I'm seeing. It's like I'm seeing all these different people that. Um, are talking about like what's going on in Israel and I'm seeing like a lot of conservatives put up on the internet and Facebook and Twitter. I stand with Israel. These are the same people that really don't like Jews. Like it, like in a, in a, in an immediate, like it's like, yeah, I can't say that for all of them, but it's like, those are the places of the country where people are saying I stand with Israel mm-hmm. because it means something to their Christianity because they need it for their end times but prophecy. Those are the same places where I feel like there's a rampant anti-Semitism. Absolutely. They would never talk to a Jew. They would never talk to a Jew. <laughs> and if they did, they would probably it probably just be the words Jew <laughs> with an exclamation and a point and pointing. That Jew just Jewed me. 
but then but then they go like, oh, I stand with Israel. It's like I don't know if you know what who's in Israel. Do you know Do you know who's in Israel? It's a lot of Jews. Yeah. Uh, that's what's going on over there. I don't know if you guys know that or not. Practicing Krav Maga. And then people get mad when some of these people get mad when they say when people go like, well, Jesus was a Jew. <laughs> Jesus was a Christian. <laughs> like, I don't think you understand. He history. was betrayed by the Jews. Uh, it's a whole thing. Anyway, my yeah. point is, religion. Sometimes, okay, you can be spiritual in a religion. I guess let's say let's say this. How about this? Religion is the filter with which you express your spirituality. Hmm. How's that? Yeah. You like that? I guess it could be, uh, you know, if you, the vague feelings of spirituality, you have to find some, um, yeah, some platform to lay it into so that it makes sense. Or to even t- to find other people who look at it the way you do. The, the way that you look yeah. at it. Or, yeah. or find ways to look at it. Yeah. Like you said, it's like a vague spirituality. You maybe do or don't feel it, and you're like, you have to find some sort of way to focus it. Mm-hmm. Or some people feel that they need that way to focus it, and that's what a religion is. Yeah. It's a organize. It's an organization. Yeah. Which, which you know, it doesn't sound so outlandish if you look at the even the brain science of it. You can you can put an electrode. Brain science. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, brain scientist. Come on. Uh, you you could put an, an electron, electron an electrode mm-hmm. in a specific part of someone's brain, light it up, and all, all of a sudden they will feel they are being watched, like that. They, they will have almost a religious experience mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just based on that. Okay. Um, so where can I get these electrodes? <laughs> that is the real question. Go to your Southern Baptist church. Oh, son of a motherless goat! Sign up. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I was raised a Southern Baptist. Um, I was always interested in the uh, theatrics of it. <laughs> That's why I'm a comedian. Ah, is that my church. my uh, my preacher was hilarious. Nice. He was I was I was less interested in what he was saying and, and more interested in how he was saying it and how people were just on his every single word. You know which. Is half that they they subscribe to the same beliefs and they love hearing someone because it's like Southern Baptist churches is, is so personality based. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's when you think about like, I mean, I feel like Eddie Azard had that joke about like Catholicism. He's like all the people with all the money and the wealth are like, oh, he's like, but then like this is religion over here that's born of like slavery and oppression. It's like, yeah. So this amazing singing and dancing, and all of us are just like, oh, 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 yeah. He. Nothing seems more satisfying than when you look at a picture of an old black woman in a church going, mm-hmm. that I mean, mm-hmm. I don't. That's why it. That's the most agreeing. <laughs> that's the that's the sound of agreement. Yeah, you know, out and out again. Southern Baptist black people raised. I was raised with that. That is the ultimate sound of your right. Yeah. But if an old black woman is <laughs> approves of you, you've done something really right. You get that. Because they are mm-hmm. they're opinionated. <laughs> have you ever had that? You ever had a I don't old... think I ever have. Oh, that's why you dream about it. Oof. <laughs> that's why you idealize yeah, it. That would be nice. You romanticize it. Really I'll tell fun. you what, I'll have my mom call you and she'll just <laughs> say that into the phone and you'll you'll feel good that day. Okay. You All will right. not go off a, a fiscal cliff huxtable <laughs> that day. Um so okay, so Southern Baptist, and then we moved to, um, I guess, 
as a kid, I even saw the holes in the stories. Like it was just kind of like I don't understand why that how that turned into this, mm-hmm. but it was just like well that's what happened, you know, and this is what we can glean from that. Yeah, but I was like, but that doesn't make sense right here from this and point to this point. Yeah, I guess it's not my problem, but I I worry for other people about that huge gap in organized religion between the people who take it literally and the people who know not to take it literally, and I feel like, you know, the people at the upper echelons of religion Mm -hmm. know not to take it literally oh hmm. and i feel like they're afraid to talk about that fact because so many of the people at the bottom that who are filling churches on sunday who are their congregation yeah Hmm. their congregation takes it literally why do you think that is why do you think that those people at the top why do you think those people at the top don't take it literally you know i i've i've heard tons of testimony of the people from testimony the top. yeah okay talking about how you're not supposed to take those the bible literally about how these are all parables and stories and you're supposed to learn from them but it's not literal hmm. you know? yeah that's true i have heard that as well but then there are people that are just like no that's literally what ha- that is right but when you have you know theologians who've spent their life studying oh the translations and the sources of these stories and the variations on it they're the ones who figured out a long time ago, oh, right, okay, this is, these are not literal stories. Do you know the book Misquoting Jesus? Yeah. Have you read that? I haven't read it, but I've... I've I mean, it's fascinating. Yeah, I've read um, the book. <laughs> I want to say the name, the title, the author's name is Bart Erlman, mm. something like that. Misquoting Jesus. This guy was a born-again Christian, right? Yeah. And he, as a child, as a young man in the church... What also was influenced by the preachers and the facility with which they could go, they could find anything in the scriptures that applied to anything that he was talking about. And they didn't have to look. They just knew it. Yeah. And he, he was like, wow, I want to be able to do that with the Bible as well. So he dedicated his life to studying the Bible, learned ancient languages, ancient Aramaic, ancient Hebrew, ancient Greek to be able to go look at the early, 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 yeah. early, early how, versions. Yeah, how far upstream can I go? And in that process, basically lost his faith mm-hmm. because he saw how much the Bible had been changed. Yeah. Like in all the different Where everybody books. else just went upstream just far enough that they started to get their preconceived notions challenged. But the further back that he went, it was like, yeah. these things are different. And then he saw how how many mistakes there are and how the mistakes must have happened. Mm-hmm. All these different ways, just like things that people don't consider. That, like for instance, a big one. There was no printing press. Like it wasn't until we had one. Of course, the Bible was the first thing made, mm-hmm. but before that, Bibles the Bible was just it was hand copied, either through dictation, right, or just monks in monasteries handwriting out. Or slaves mm-hmm. who were illiterate, oh. who were just copying the symbols, had no idea what they mean. And ancient, a lot of those ancient languages, there's no spaces in between the words. Hmm. You have to use your interpretation. It's just one gigantic word in a sense. Huh. So you might, he was talking about how you might see one symbol, 
you look at that thing, you go and you copy it. When you come back, you look at that symbol again, but it's maybe further down or maybe further up. Yeah. So you're repeating something or skipping something. But then also, they don't know what it means. They're just literally copying the thing. And he was talking about how there's no spaces in between words. So that's, that's how, interpretate, how you had to start interpret, interpreting it. Yeah. And it was like, like there's a difference between um, I saw abundance on the table and I saw a bun dance <laughs> on the table on the tab one Ray. one's a feast one's a miracle <laughs> right so he's like that and that's pretty much the entirety of the bible in like different languages one's a feast one's a miracle one's a feast one's a miracle wow. then there's all these different stories and i remember there's 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 two gigantic things that in the beginning of the book he talks about he starts going back into like, here are big gigantic stories that a lot of Christianity is based on. These are like two stories that a lot of people go to over and over and over and over again. Maybe two of the most quoted, repeated things that aren't there. He's like, there's five different versions before it just appeared one time. It just is there. Mm-hmm. He's like, and there's five earlier versions where it's like, that's not there. It's just not there. It's to play it again, Sam of the Bible. It's to play it again, Sam of the Bible. It's just, it's just word of mouth. But he's just like, well, somebody must have added that, you know, because it reflected the morality of the time that that person was looking at. Oh, that's not there. One is, this is a big one. Let he who's without sin throw the first stone. Mm-hmm. Just is not there in earlier versions. You know, and he's like, and he basically delineate. He basically goes through the story, and then he puts it next to what the law of the land was at the time that this took place, which is why it doesn't make sense even more. Right, because that because that's a good one actually. It's a good one. Now here's the thing: <laughs> it had to be added. It had to be added. Here's the thing. He said it's just not there. He's like these. The, the story is Ben. You know, Jesus is such hot shit that these guys try to put it something in his face. They bring this woman. It's like, hey, this woman's an adulteress, Jesus. What are, you, what are we supposed to do? Law says to Stoner, what do you think, mm-hmm. huh, since you're so awesome and cool? And he's like, hey, guys, let he who is without sin throw the first stone. Right. And he dropped the mic. <laughs> he walked off the stage. Walked away. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Hicks. And everybody was like, wow, yeah, that's pretty good. All right. I guess we got you. Now he's like, now in the book, misquoting Jesus, he's like, it's just not there. In earlier versions. And he's like, also, it doesn't make sense because where's the husband? Because the law is a wife is the property of a man. Mm-hmm. Her crimes are his crimes. He is responsible for her transgression. He's, not, he's nowhere to be found. So Jesus would have said, you got to whip both them bitches. <laughs> Dax Jordan speaking for Jesus. That's the name <laughs> of your book. Um, yeah, so that, that's one thing where he's just like, the, the, he's not... The, the husband's nowhere to be found. They wouldn't have done. They just wouldn't have done that. That wasn't the law. Yeah. And uh, and then the other one. This is the big one. Um. So you know Jesus dies. Gets put in a tomb. Big boulder is put in in the place. They're like, ah, oh, we just got to close this bitch up. Mm-hmm. Jesus is in there. May he rest in peace. Uh, and everyone goes about their merry business. Then two women. I can't remember exactly who they were. I want to say it was maybe one was Mary, Mary Magdalene. Um. And then uh, an angel appeared to them. They were on a road somewhere. Right. And he's like, guys, Jesus is back. Go tell everybody. And they were like, what? So they go back. They tell all the disciples, dudes, Jesus is back. Guys, we got to make some dinner. 
Let's try not to clog the toilets, though, because plumbers are making like three times as much today. Right. <laughs> right? No coils. No coils. Just no coils. Let's, let's do some unleavened bread. Just something simple that's going to be good on the digestion. Easy on the matzo. Let's just, yeah, let's not do, go too crazy, guys. So all the disciples get back. Jesus shows up. They have supper, right? The resurrection. Mm-hmm. There's earlier versions of the Bible where that's just not there. Where it basically ends with the angel appears. He's like, guys, Jesus is back. And they're like, what? The end. He's like, that's where it ends. <laughs> so he's like, somebody must have just been like, that's what? This will never sell. This will never sell. Get me a team of riders. Johnny, Jimbo, Jiggles, Boobles, Beebles. <laughs> I don't know why they're all named that. <laughs> that's the Hobbit. Just say, uh, beget Carnival. Carnival, beget Waikiki. Waikiki, beget Absinthe. I'm just looking at the posters usual on your suspects wall. of our wall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the usual suspects, good reference. Point is, Daxley McDaxerton's. It just wasn't in there. It it's not added, there. Perhaps around the Council of Nicaea time. But I guess, in a sort of a way, it's like, I'm, I'm getting way off topic now. <laughs> it's just interesting mm. to be like, he thought. This book is written by men. This is a this is a human book. Right. Right. It's not the inerrant. He's like the whole premise of born again Christianity, mm-hmm. as he understood it, as he was raised to believe, is the Bible is the inerrant, inspired word of God. Right. It is literal, and well, it is, there are no mistakes. And especially since you consider, okay, writing was invented, and it wasn't very long after that. Okay, it's oh now and now we write down history. Yeah. As yeah, we're yeah. making it. Yeah. Okay, we nobody was writing down what happened before, so we have some stories, and we can look around at what the world. Well, is nobody now was and nobody could read, down, right? And Not make our assumptions. Read. All right, so the idea of history, make writing down history and preserving that. But by the time the concept of writing down history was invented, we had already completely subverted the version of civilization that we've been experiencing for the last two hundred thousand years. Elaborate. Well, we. We had already become a uh, you know a, a city state agriculture based right, hierarchy, right, right. which happened you know about ten thousand years ago that started right right okay okay but so you're saying that's the, the beginning writing, of written history yeah uh, that's the beginning of modern history but by the time writing down history the written word had been invented mm-hmm. we were already so steeped in this new version of civilization that the history of humanity as pointed out in the Bible is Adam and Eve were born and they were farmers. It reflects what was, which reflects the most recent version of history and doesn't reflect the previous hundred, 200,000 years of tribal hominid, you know, development. Right, right. Oh, so from, from the, from the point of the very first written history, academically, everything we had learned up until, just in the last couple hundred years, when people have started realizing, oh, wow, that that entire foundation of history upon which civilization is built was completely inaccurate. Right. We weren't—that's not how we were brought into the world. Right, right. No, we were brought into the world in, you know, small foraging tribes. Right, right, right. And that's what we're programmed for. That's what our—the going the from, hardware. Going from place to place. Yeah, the hardware of our entire minds and bodies are built for one thing. And we've been filling it with software trying to run on an <laughs> entirely different platform. Oh, hey, good, good metaphor. You know, that's, the, that's, the, that's the thing. We're putting the Might wrong well software. Use the technology aid. We're trying it. We're trying to use, uh, we're trying to use, uh, 
We're trying to use uh, a- Apple I O. We're, we're trying, trying to use, use I O on a on a PC. On a PC. It's exactly uh, what's oh man, got to partition that. Yeah, got to partition that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, as far as I'm concerned, that's you know the, the, all the cracks and fissures and in major conflicts of society and our internal lives and our external lives mm-hmm. tend to stem from that fact. Well, that's that why we're so far removed from the way we're supposed to be living, and that's why it's such a gangster move on the powers that took over the world to just burn the history of wherever they were. It's just like we're gonna. Yeah. Oh, is this your library? <laughs> it doesn't exist now. Oof. Just to the ground that just never existed. That is incredible. That we just like we're just gonna burn that people just did that. Yeah, it's like we're gonna burn what everything that you believe. I remember because I you know I was listening to this this great podcast called The History of Rome, which I don't know if I've talked about before. It's over now. This guy Mike Duncan, who used to live in Portland, moved to Austin, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the other Portland. The other Portland. The Portland of Texas. The, uh, the sunny Portland. Sunny Portland. It's always sunny in Texas. Portlandia. No. Uh, Portlandia. That's a different show. Portlandia. Delphi. So it's always sunny in Portlandia, Texas. Um, that's, uh, that's basically the two shows put together. Yeah. I like that. It's always sunny in Portlandia, what? Texas. It's about Austin. Don't can't you see that? Basically the characters from Portlandia and the characters from it's all, it's always sunny in Philadelphia go to one of the 800 music festivals in Austin <laughs> and they run into each other for a madcap adventure of misfitness, misfitness. Is that a word? They drink some kombucha beer. Oh, good God. <laughs> Is that a thing yet? Wearing their flannel and listening to, uh, indie country. So uh, that's a thing. Yeah. So I guess Bonavera is the only thing I can think of that would technically – he's more folk. Anyway, guys, what the hell was I talking about? Oh, yeah, history of Rome. Um, the sack of Rome, right, when the Gauls came in and just burned the shit to the ground. Mm-hmm. I remember him on the podcast saying, now we're actually going to start the history of Rome. Everything before that time is just conjecture and legend. People were trying to put to remember and write everything back from what they had remembered and what they had read, mm. but it was more legend than anything else. Some things were just too conveniently connected together, but then they were so adamant about keeping their damn history that they're like, "We got to everybody wrote it." But even then, when he because he, he goes to a bunch of different sources, he goes to like books that are written by people now. He goes to the actual historians of the time, and the historians of the time, it seems always. To be riddled with the personal opinions of -hmm. whoever those historians were. Mm -hmm. So it was like, well, this guy, Plutarch says this, Saturninus says this. So it's like, well, it's because Plutarch fucking hated this guy. And Saturninus was, was, was bankrolled by him. So they both have, you know, so in the history, the people with the money still are like, you know what? I'm paying you to make me look good at 2,000 years from now. <laughs> so do it. But then, of course, you got Plutarch over here, who's basically the National Enquirer. You uh, know what I'm he just needs to sell papers. He just needs to sell papers. He's going to do everything. Anyway, point is, it's just an amazing move. Because when well, you were talking about nomadic cultures, and, uh, and then I said something earlier about like how a lot of the South American uh, culture, like thing, things that were in place before, the Europeans came over and uh, killed everyone, mm-hmm. uh, are similar-ish to a lot of the Eastern philosophies. Mm-hmm. It seems like like when you think of, like again, the Aztec, Mayans, Incans, and other tribes that aren't as famous up and down, which is that you have the polytheism and the, and the, the worshiping of the land. 
It is right. sort of a way. There's yeah. there's and mirrors animism there. Is, a, is what people call a lot of that, where they don't even bother to attribute things to certain or particular gods, but just kind of worship the uh, the animalistic nature. The jackal of yeah of the forest that they live in. Right, right. Animalism. Good. I yeah. like that. Uh, anim- animism. Animism. That's what the animism. ladies call me. <laughs> um, that doesn't make any sense. Um, so I guess here's where I want to go now. <laughs> I think that religion does more harm. There's a lot of harm. Mm-hmm, and uh, Bill Maher, we'll talk about this for Ebbs. I know yeah. I called him before I came over. Okay. He's like, who are you? Uh, How did you get this, you number? Get this number? I'm at church right And I was now. like, it's me, Jesus. <laughs> black Jesus. Bleezes It's Bleezes. It's Black Jesus. If you please. No, Black Jesus is just called Jesus. That's it. It's just that, That's just who he was. Good point. Um... So, I guess the point is is that I, I I you're talking about patterns, and I see the same thing. It seems that like a lot of the times religion is more about community, and spirituality is an individual personal thing, right? This is why I said ah, stand up and so improv, kind of where they meet. I yeah, guess. where it's like religion is like everyone around you, like in, even in what's it called? Uh, in misquoting Jesus, he talked about people were illiterate, you know, at that time. After Jesus was died, and then all the different disciples went to all their different places, of course, fringe groups of worshipers started springing around, and they were like, uh, well, we believe in this, but we don't really have any structure to believe in it. We, we have all these questions. Hey, write Peter. Let's ask Peter these questions. Mm-hmm. And then Peter would write back a letter to the Philippians, mm-hmm. which became scripture. And he, tra- he tracks that in the book, too, like how something became scripture that wasn't scripture, and then suddenly it was scripture. Right. Where it's just like a lot of those, you know, a lot of, those, a lot of the books of the Bible are so like Peter's letter to the, John's letter to the, something like that, where it's like they believed this. They had some questions to ask. He, the, John, Peter, Paul, Mary wrote back <laughs> answering these questions, and that's kind of how religion started because – Someone could read, and the majority of them couldn't. Right. So that person got up and said, right. "Okay, Ask here's clarification. Here's what it is. He says this and this and this, and then they would discuss it as a group, right? And it's like, and that became modern religion. Yeah. Somebody stands the word up there, of God. reads it, and then <laughs> says, "This is what I think this means." Yeah. And somebody could be like, "Oh, well, doesn't it mean this?" Until they were like, "Yeah, that's good. Let's write that down." Yeah, exactly. And and here, you know, this is when the concept of salvation and an afterlife became important um if you if you look at the uh you know the traditional tribal type religions the animists and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and even you know the polytheists uh, um but even before particular gods came in just the ideas that you know the native american religions there wasn't an afterlife there was no need for it right there you were returned to that which you came you, you rejoined the energies of you know the dirt Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Joyfully, that was a great thing. There was no reason to think that there was a better place out there that we go to, and you get to you know hug grandma for eternity. Okay, because the, the idea when when we subverted our original ways of living and became worker bees, mm-hmm. subservient to someone else who had locked up the food, and we had to work for them to get access to oh, that agriculture. Food, then they had to. We had to start coming up with a new scheme 
to tell people, oh, it gets better. It's the original It Gets Better campaign. (laughs) Okay. It's the original campaign of like, okay, look, I know life sucks now. You're a slave. You're always going to be. You're going to die in the field soon. But. Working hard for me. But if you do what I say the way I say to do it, you will transcend to a higher plane. And you'll have all this stuff. And you'll have everything. Hmm. In fact, the rich dudes, it's going to be harder for them to get in there. Yeah. Pass yeah. through the eye of a needle. Yeah. But you, you poor, humble people who have nothing, you're going to inherit. I'm telling earth. you. You're what's gonna... your name? Uh, my name is Meek. Meek, you're going to inherit the earth. Mm-hmm. Trust. Vote for me. And I'm your wife, Jesus. To, to Mika. <laughs> to Mika. Also. Vote for me. I'm Jesus. Here's a pen. It, Take that. It gets better. I'm got to write me in on the ballot. <laughs> it says Pontius Herod. Me. Okay. So people were, they were wanting, they were clamoring for this idea that mm. there, was, there, were, there was an afterlife, things were going to be better than, you know, living in the mud hut, getting shit on by people with swords. <laughs> <laughs> Just coils yeah. coming out of <laughs> guys with boils Post on their face. Post-Turkey Day boil coils. Oh, good God. Yeah. Well, here's what I, here's the thing. I, was, I got into a debate with a friend of mine about this the other day, and let me get your opinion on it. So we're talking about patterns, noticing patterns. It's a thing that I also do because I'm alive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we get along, bro. That's why we get along, bro. We, we've noticed patterns and stuff. Mm-hmm. We're comedians. I like our snappy patterns. Mm, snappy patterns. A patois, you mean to say? That's totally different. That's different. Um, <laughs> so I think that religion, uh, like I said, it's a community thing, but it doesn't necessarily have to be around uh, a spiritual sort of thing. We understand religion as these organizations in which people can express their beliefs in God and so, or in um, some sort of spiritual belief, blah, blah, blah. That's what religion is the focus of. Mm-hmm. But I extended it to this sense of it is a, a community-based group understanding of something that's very hard to understand. Mm-hmm. And... Because you look at, like, obviously, Greek mythology. Now we call it that. How could they not know that was fake at the time when they were like, yeah, I believe in mythology. Oh, the word myths in it. Oh. They didn't believe that. It's like, how could you have a religion called mythology? That's a good point. What are they going to call our current thing a thousand Hmm. years from now? Who knows? I don't even know what they called it then. They just beliefs, stuff like that. Um, Anyway, here's, here's my point. Love. Love is a religion now. Love is I think there's there's a religion of obviously our I think our 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 politics obviously are wrapped in religion. Uh, in this country, we're always supposed to be oh, it's a separation. Chepara- a there should be a separation mm. between church and shade. <laughs> there should be a separation between church and state. It's never existed in the United States. There's never been a separation of church and state. People vote according to what they believe which is wrapped around their religion. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, obviously, we keep hearing all these and different organizations that are like Catholic church that are denying people you know, communion if they voted for Obama. Or right. these churches are telling people how to vote because it's based on their beliefs. Yeah. That's the debate on gay marriage. That's, That's the, the debate on abortion. It's wrapped around religion. part of, yeah, of organized religion is, is people overlaying their beliefs onto somebody else's because it feels right to them. 
rather than having any kind of actual debate uh, or discussion. Yeah. And that's the thing about at patterns. It's like, okay, they're not willing to look at the natural patterns of life sometimes. But it's because that pattern feels right to them because they were brought up in it. Right. Times. That's, it's like, oh, well, it seems like these people do this, those people do that. These people become successful. Those people don't and are probably going to hell. Everybody should do it this way. Well, and I extend it to what I think. I think that um, love, I guess, and how people approach it in the United States today is its own religion. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a secular belief system, if you will, that there are mythologies and uh, about love and about what people expect it to be, how they expect it to work, and how they expect to get it and keep it. How to get it, how to keep it, <laughs> what it's supposed to look like, and how it's supposed to feel. Yeah. Are all mythologized. Yeah, totally. In this sort there's, of... There's a lot of, yeah, even love mythology out there. We're still figuring out what love is. Love mythology. Yeah. How it feels now, how it's going to feel later. And we're all looking for our own personal Jesus, a personal Savior, which is the idea of the one. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, there's someone yeah. for everybody. I'm just looking for the right one, the you know, stuff like that. So I got into a discussion with my friend about like how I think that the way that we approach love uh, nowadays is religious mm-hmm. in its nature. Yeah. And that the Bible is Cosmo <laughs> 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 and every rom-com ever. <laughs> um, that is a bigger discussion that, you know, I mean, obviously we can talk about it right now. But we got to stop talking soon. I mean, just in general, not even just for this podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna walk out of here. I'm never calling you again. I'm gonna stop thinking. <laughs> oh, well, I'm gonna one up you. If you're gonna stop thinking, well, then yeah. I can. We can still talk. Uh, well, what do you think about that, bro? Daxy Dax, love being the religion. Love is the okay. Look, because I think yeah. that especially in New York and Los Angeles, there's not a lot of people who are who believe believe in a religion. They don't believe in Christianity. They don't believe in Judaism, Islam, Buddhism. Hinduism, Shintoism, Anyism, yeah, animism, right? So they, but I think people, a lot of times, desire to have some bigger thing outside of themselves to hold on to, right? A lot of the time, because it mm, sometimes I feel like it it it, it well, absolves a, a personal responsibility. Yeah. So I think that this our obsession with what we believe love to be in relationships. You know what? How about this? Love is the spirituality, but relationships is the religion. Mm. Does that make any sense? Yeah. It's the filter with which we just, we try again, the filter with which we want to express that. Right. So we, so we create our groups, which we do with love and kind of creating your own little church community Mm -hmm. of like-minded people who you feel like believe the same way. Right, right. Yeah, but we also think of love, romantic love, or love only in romantic in a romantic sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like people don't entertain uh, friendship love as much. Um, that people aspire to have this one ultimate love partner that's supposed to be everything and anything. It's Jesus. Yeah, it's again a personal Jesus. Yeah, a personal hero. <laughs> that. <laughs> Sorry, that was me. Oh, is that? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, I'm looking around suspiciously. <laughs> I just realized that that I that I I mug so much nobody can hear it. 
Uh, <laughs> blank mugs, the podcast. Blank mugs. It's just a whole podcast of us doing faces. <laughs> People would be like, oh my God, so not funny. So... But I think that people don't, yeah, I, I, again, people try to get involved with their community, et cetera, et cetera. I guess I'm, now I'm like rethinking like the whole thing, but it, like that's what I'm saying. It's like what we, the myth, we mythologize yeah. and fill it, our pursuit of it with so much fucking bullshit yeah. that I don't know that it's and really hard to see what it actually is, I think. It's true. I mean, and in, in, the, in the patterns of uh, human development, having, you know, the way we develop to be tribal group people you know when tribes of about 150 that's the the magic number that they're finding really the groups grow to about 150 and when they get beyond that then the ability of everyone to know everybody else starts to break down like huh. the, the human mind itself can only really contain about 150 close associations of people Everybody look through your phones right now. Yeah, start culling. Start, get it down to 150. <laughs> yeah, and even companies, corporations have started using this of breaking work groups up if they get bigger, like divisions of companies not to be bigger than 150 because wow. then the personal connection is lost with other people in the group. Um, so, if I mean, if you look at these these tribal groups, a lot of them discourage people from even having too strong a connection with even one person mm. like there there can be marriage but there there are festivals in which you are specifically forbidden from spending the night with the person you're specifically married to as, and, as a means of what supposed to stopping codependency as a means of uh cr stopping people from creating overly tight individual units which are not stable you know, if you think of, oh, well, these three people, you know, there's a, a mom and a dad and their one kid and they live in a hut over there. Um, you know, if one of them gets sick and they don't feel comfortable getting help from the rest of the group or, you know, they're, 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 they can't be their own autonomous unit. There's no autonomous units but that's in the now, tribal groups. And now that's like the— Everybody is totally interdependent. Right. But now that everybody, everybody aspires that, to have that— Right. Autonomous. I got to get, I got to move out of the house. I gotta it's just the two of this. us. Yeah, it's just the two of us. We're doing our own thing. But in reality, that's that's not what we're designed to we're do. We're cities of strangers. Yeah, we're designed to be a group of 150 or fewer people who share and love together. And that that, that, is, that is the religion of the basic tribal group, Ugh. is the love of everybody's children. Like there are a lot of we were talking about this book Sex at Dawn, right? Where right. there's a lot of tribes where dozens of dudes have sex with the same woman right. at the same time, so that nobody knows whose kid it is, so that everybody takes care of the kid equally. And now that th th they they shared the duty of being a father, yeah, it was like a it was like hey we're brothers and being the father. Now it's like that ain't my kid. <laughs> you gotta go on Jerry. <laughs> you got you got to get the blood test. Ha ha! Ain't mine. Ain't mine. Uh -huh. Then they quip walk. So so happy. Give me the, give me them shoes I bought to I'll not take, have take any responsibility. Take the shoes oh right off God. the kid. Take the shoes off the kid. That kid can die. <laughs> I don't care anymore. I'll give these shoes to my kid. Applaud. <laughs> now which one do you use, my kid? Um, More testing. Yeah, and I think that's uh, okay. And to me, that's the, that that's love. Is when you're dedicated to your group, you're committed to your group, mm -hmm. your people who. And some might be romantic, some might not be. Yeah, you're going to have chemistry with certain people. 
but it's just like yeah i guess it's just um again a, na- a native tribe thing is the uh, totem family you know what i'm talking about they they some tribes uh not all but a lot uh blood ties were not obviously as important as a spiritual family as a family that that ha- that a, a group of people that shares a spiritual connection i guess mm-hmm. a totem animal they had the same totem animal ah okay we're we're all the wolf right. you know so we're the wolf family but and some of them you might be biologically related to and some you might not be mm-hmm. but it was there was a, a certain expectation to your biological family i guess maybe and then also a different expectation to your totem family oh. but it all kind of uh, worked together yeah um but now of course it's all about blood relations, which is just, I think, more of a a reflection of our obsession with property. Yeah. Right? It's just like... Exactly. I, you are of, mine. You are mine. This is mine. So when I'm yeah. gone, this thing that is mine will be the mine of mine. Right. If you're mine, I mean, that'll be yours. legal marriage is. That's why we have to do all this paperwork to turn a not blood relative into legally something closer we can call the property of blood relatives. Have you read the history a marriage a history? No. By Stephanie Kuntz. Mm. Fascinating. Very much compliments Sex of Dawn. Very much uh they have a lot of similar ish things in them. Like they both like both talk a lot about like the advent of agriculture kind of that's that's modern era. Yeah. And that everything has been about that. Yeah. Um she said something really interesting that what is the point of marriage? That marriage has existed for as long as we can remember, of course, it looks completely different in every single society and every single culture in the history of the world. Right. But there's something that's always like it that shows up. So she's trying to figure mm-hmm. out. She said, so what is the thing that you can get from marriage that you can't get from anything else? And she deli- she goes through it. I want to say delineate again. I'm obsessed with that. That's like the eighth time I've said it this podcast. She says, okay. So people will be like, well... You marry that person because you love that person. Who gives a shit? You can love a lot of people. You don't have to marry them. Right. Right? Uh, well, then you have to have kids with that person. Uh, a lot of people have kids with their brothers and their sisters. That, you know, I'm not saying it's right, but it happens. It's still happening, and it's happened a lot. Right. And she's like, well, uh, so she said that the only thing that marriage gets you, that nothing else can, it's the only way to turn strangers into relatives. Mm-hmm. It's the only way yeah, I, to I immediately <laughs> make your family bigger. Yeah, you can create family, you can make a baby, or you know, but that's going to take some time, right? And it doesn't have to be with the stranger. Some people did it with their sisters and their brothers and their fathers and their mothers. It's gross. Yeah, but it totally happened. <laughs> Oedipus Medea. Hi, I'm Oedipus Medea. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Oedipus Medea. Your name's Oedipus Medea. Yeah, long story, a lot of eye gouging. Anyway, is this the line for the burritos? Me and Tyler Perry did some mushrooms, came up with Oedipus. That's, oh. Oh, Tyler Perry's Oedipus and Madea's, oh, that's a mind fuck of shit. (laughs) That's a mind fuck of shit. That's the most articulate I could be right now, Dax. That's the new mythology. Um, So, yeah, so she said, like, that's, you turn strangers into relatives. Yeah. Which is why, of course, it became a bartering tool once it became about property. Once it was like, we're going to put our two kingdoms together. We're going to put our businesses together. We're going to mm-hmm. do stuff like that. So that's like it, it survived because it was a means of relaying property once we became all about property. Yeah. But before that, totally different thing, but still existed. Right? 
Because somebody's got to own the land. Someone's got to own that land. Put their name on a piece of land to grow food for the slaves to eat. Come on, slaves, eat. How will the slaves eat if nobody owns this land and and cultivates a specific food? Just be a good slave, and eventually, in the afterlife, not this one. This one's going to suck. You know, (laughs) the idea idea of being a slave to agriculture hit me like a ton of bricks one day on a, on a comedy run in Pasco, you're, Washington. It's interesting you say that because I'm actually I'm a slave to fashion, but continue what you're oh, saying. Okay, all right. Um, in Pasco, it's a big agricultural town. A lot of uh, Mexicans live in this one particular area. In Pasco? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's called Pasco. Oh, Pasco. So, yeah, in Pasco. It's part of the Tri-Cities. Kennewick, Pasco, Richland. Um, Where's that? Uh, Central Washington, big agriculture area. Okay, so Pasco. So there's a there was a long running show there, and they put you up in this little comedy condo that's right behind a giant Mexican grocery store, and they they grow a lot of apples in this area. So I went to the Mexican grocery store, and there was a you know big bag of apples for sale for you know five bucks for the big bag of apples, and I was just looking around, surrounded by the people who picked the apples, realizing that, you know, one of these dudes has to pick up this five dollar bag of apples and go i just picked this motherfucking bag of apples and got like a nickel for it and now i gotta pay five dollars for it oh interesting somebody was going to be confronted right then and there with having to having to pay an enormous price for a bag of apples that they just picked wow that wouldn't even be on that shelf if it wasn't for them I start Mind thinking you, you know, well, they didn't invest in growing the apples. But. Are they paid in nickels and apples? Though, <laughs> uh, of course, probably not. Yeah, they had to keep the mutant apples. Yeah. So I can just imagine that doesn't make me that, feel man, good inside at all. Up. All right, Guadalupe, which <laughs> I'm gonna light my Guadalupe candle and pray to the Pope that things get better when I die. Yikes! Because this is weird. <laughs> so in closing. Religion is good. It's the best thing. Religion is great. Got to love it. Religion is hood. <laughs> Religion debate. Software, hardware. Software, hardware. Okay. Well, good talk, mayonnaise. Thank you, sir. Until the next one. Dijon. Dijon mustard. What? I don't even know why. Why? Was, that was just a fancy version of mayonnaise. Oh, okay. I thought you... Okay. And that was the Jordan, Dax Jordan. Uh, I hope that you guys found that interesting. I did. Uh, I enjoyed that episode very much. Uh, and please, if you are a, a fan of this podcast, leave some reviews and comments and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, uh, that helps. Um, tell, tell a friend or two or eight about this podcast and say, hey, you know all those uh, bullshit conversations we have when we're high? Well, I found a podcast where people are doing that sober. Isn't that cray-cray holidays? So, uh, you can help me promote in that sort of way. I've always been bad at self-promotion. I wonder why. wonder if there's a deeper psychological underpinning to that. Hmm, I don't know. Anyway, um, some exciting episodes coming up. A bunch of the regulars are coming back. And... Uh, I'm going to keep it going strong and all night long. That was unnecessarily sexual right there. So anyway, guys, uh, thanks for listening. 
and I'll talk to you next time here on Steve Shit. Oh, 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 oh,